Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Hiram Yarborough, a content creator and the new founder of Selfless by Hiram. Hi, Hiram. How are you today? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited, Hiram. I mean, I think you have probably been the breakout star of 2020 and 2021. Like what you've done for the beauty industry in the last year is incredible. But before we kind of talk about this last year, I would love to know like how you kind of got involved in beauty, what you were excited about and like how you found yourself on TikTok. Yeah, it's it's a really funny story, actually. Um, thank you for what you said also. It's very, very kind. Uh, 2020 has been an absolutely wild year. Um, it started, funny enough, um, so I grew up on a cattle ranch in Arizona. My dad was a cowboy, really no exposure to the outside world. So beauty was absolutely no concept beyond, you know, the mascara my mom would wear. <laughs> uh, skincare, I, I was not a... I would, I think the first time I ever like saw skincare um, was when I was in high school. But even back then I was washing my face with body wash. It was dark days. <laughs> and uh, it really wasn't until um, I had uh, moved to Hawaii and I started going to school uh, where I noticed that I'm prone to premature aging. Um, and I had friends in my life come up to me and say, Hiram, you're aging really, really quickly. You should probably start taking care of your skin because you're only 18 years old and the wrinkles on your face are getting really serious. And I'm really grateful that they said that because uh, I never would have discovered skincare without without that. Um, And so I started using products. I really didn't believe in the concept of like skincare um, up until I started actually seeing results and I saw how much it empowered me. And I also really had a life-changing experience at Sephora where I developed a, a passion for makeup. So I became a makeup artist. And through becoming a makeup artist, I discovered my passion for ingredients and seeing, you know, how people would be willing to spend so much money on a skincare product with absolutely no knowledge of like how it's actually helping the skin, what the building blocks of the products are, what they're going to do. And essentially, you know, seeing a lot of people just blindly trusting the products based off of how they look, you know, uh, how pretty the packaging is um, and, you know, with no more reference. And so once I started learning about ingredients and seeing the functionality, it just developed this, this passion that has swept me off my feet, I suppose. (laughs) Um, And truthfully, it it was a side passion. You know, I started my content um, channels as a way just to, you know, share simplified skincare information to anyone who isn't really invested in the skincare world, but still wants to know how to take care of their skin. Um, And then TikTok was probably like the last chapter, I'd say, of everything, because I only came onto TikTok when when was that? May or April of of um, twenty twenty. So it's been a very recent experience with TikTok. What I think is so interesting is that you were just you know a beauty aficionado. You know you weren't a dermatologist. You weren't an esthetician. You weren't you know trained quote unquote to know what all these ingredients were. But you really, really popped, I think, you know, I know you had your other channels before, like YouTube and all of that. But when you got on TikTok and you started talking about, you know, these ingredients and these trends, it seemed like a window, a door, like magically opened. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is it? Do you think it's because you had that sort of outsider point of view that people loved you so much or that just that you were being so honest about it? 
You know, um, yeah, great question. I love and respect dermatologists and estheticians so much because they are just a wealth of knowledge and they've studied so much and they know all the different types of ingredients, all the different types of skin conditions, sensitivities, and are just such a incredible resource for information. That being said, anyone who's brand new to the world of skincare, like I was at one point, I had absolutely no idea what dermatologists and estheticians were talking about because they were so knowledgeable and they'd be talking about things like, you know, tranexamic acid and how to use salicylic acid and, you know, um, toners versus moisturizing and, um, you know, peels and like all this stuff. And when you're brand new to this world of skincare, you're just like, what do all these things mean? And it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I saw, you know, in the online sphere, you either had, um, I, I saw that people really only had two options when it came to learning about skincare on their own. They either had salespeople, which, you know, is hard to rely on because you don't know if it's, it's not necessarily the most unbiased resource, or you had dermatologists online who were very information heavy, dense content that was really informative. But I realized that there was kind of a gap where there wasn't really anyone simplifying skincare and teaching people how to do the basics, how to just have a good, simple skincare routine that takes care of, you know, skin issues. And I remember when I started, you know, uh, creating content and back when I was really small and I, I had a moment where I had to, you know, kind of grapple with what I was doing and realize like, what, what do I really want to do? What impact do I want to leave on the online and beauty industry? And I realized that I didn't want to create content for people who are already interested in skincare. I wanted to create content for people who had no idea that they're even supposed to take care of their skin and to make it so fun, enjoyable and simplified that it brings people into the skincare world. And I think that's what resonated with, with people. And I think that's why I started to grow is because um, it, it was a little bit easier to understand, easier to, to process. Um, and, and in addition to that, I tried to make my content as enjoyable as possible. You know, I, I did have, you know, that strategy of simplifying information, but at the same time, I wanted my content to be fun. I wanted it to be enjoyable. I wanted people to laugh and smile. And I think one of the coolest things for me, what makes me the most happy is seeing how many people, you know, not only tell me I started a skincare routine because of your videos, but what I hear more often, which is I really didn't care about skincare, but your videos were so enjoyable to watch that now I just started doing a skincare routine because it's always what you talk about. That makes me so happy because it's, you know, it's so hard to get people interested in skincare. And um, specifically too, like I've had people from all different walks of life, the amount of like 50 year old or 60 year old men that will come up to me in public and say, I love your videos. I never knew I was supposed to take care of my skin. I always thought it was something for girls, but you, you know, you showed me um, that it's for everyone or 11 year olds that come up to me in public and talk about niacinamide and of all the benefits of like hyaluronic acid and everything. Like it's just so cool. And I think, um, that's really what I wanted to contribute. And if anything, point people in the direction of estheticians and dermatologists and chemists, resources of really, you know, thorough skincare knowledge, if they are wanting to learn more about skincare. 
Tell me a little bit about those early days, like last spring and the pandemic had just started, you know, everyone was locked down. And I remember, you know, when I first started watching your videos, how honest you were and how you were able to talk about, you know, whether it was CeraVe and it was positive and you were like, I love this, (laughs) or it was St. Ives and it was like, hey, this is not so great. I mean, it seemed really bold and really the opposite of what we were used to seeing on social media. Like, you know, when you look at Instagram, Instagram is so perfect and so shellacked and like so curated. And here you were just being like bold and going for it. Like, was that strategic at all? Or was that just kind of a you being yourself? You know, honestly, it was just me being myself. I think one of the the things I'm fortunate to have experienced when creating a, a channel is, you know, I think there is a pressure that people feel where they're, you know, they really want to make sure that they're saying the most, you know, how do I say it? I guess they're they're wanting to make sure everyone's kind of like satisfied and appeased with their content and not, you know, really disrupt the water. And uh, I saw such a disconnect from that and reality. And I think, you know, when, when I started creating my content at the beginning, of course, I was so nervous and scared and like, Oh, what are people going to think of me? And I have to be so like careful about what I say and everything. And then I realized very quickly that no one's watching. (laughs) I was getting maybe like two to 10 views a video. No one's watching. So I may just, say how I really feel and talk the way I would in a conversation. And also when creating creating my content, I wanted my videos to feel like you were talking to a friend. Like you're just sitting down with your best friend, you're going shopping with your best friend at a skincare store. And, you know, when you go shopping with the best friend um, and you ask what they recommend, they're not going to tell you everything in the store is okay. It's whatever you want. It's, you know, I recommend everything. I Nothing is negative. You know, it, that's not reality. People are going to say, the products that they love and they're going to say the products that they don't love. And I think for me, I, what I tried to do is show my unapologetically show my skincare opinions um, and pushing brands to be more accessible um, while still being respectful. um, I think was always the thing for me. I definitely have my strong skincare opinions. I'm not afraid to talk about them, but at the same time, I never wanted it to be under the guise of disrespect or, um, you know, being, being rude or nasty or mean. And I think, you know, sometimes on, on the internet that can be a little bit difficult to find because there's all different, all different types of content. Um, But that's really what I tried to do. And I think uh, ever since realizing that I just may say, I, you know, should just say how, however I feel, no matter what uh, it honestly took the pressure off. And I've been able to kind of keep that, keep that perspective since. So Hiram, were you surprised when the the reaction became so outsized? Because, you know, I think you really became this arbiter of taste in a way. Like CeraVe credits so much of their growth and success to you last year. And then on the flip side, you know, you have the brands that, you know, you aren't so fond of, you know, really kind of facing a little bit of a backlash because, you know, they aren't Hiram approved. Was that surprising to you? Absolutely. At 100%. I never once expected that that would happen because YouTube has always, or just creating content has always just been a documentation of my personal skincare philosophy. Um, never was it a way to tell people like what they should and shouldn't do. It was basically just saying, this is why I don't like these ingredients. This is why I don't like this product. I wouldn't recommend it to someone. And, you know, really just creating content like that. And what shocked me is seeing how many people not only, you know, like agreed with my philosophy, but how passionate people became about it. And I think, you know, overall, just what has happened on TikTok and YouTube and everything, and just the the amount of growth in the short amount of time um, that it happened, 
was just so reeling, I think, to me. And I think it happened so fast that honestly, it's never really registered as real <laughs> because it just it changed so quickly. I went from, you know, within six months, I think it was from 4,000 followers to like in total, I think like three or 4 million. I can't remember. It just boom, really, really quickly. So uh, I will never truly understand like what that dynamic is, but what I try to do is try to be like a reliable and trustworthy resource where people, you know, if anything, know that the recommendations I make and the philosophy I have is all surrounded around uh, accessibility, formulas that are for people with sensitive skin, formulas that are good for the health of your skin, that aren't going to irritate, that aren't going to damage your skin, so that if they are shopping, and they do want to, you know, take care of the health of their skin. And at least they can reference that in their mind and say, you know, well, Hiram recommended this and he usually recommends products for people with sensitive skin. So, you know, just to be, to be that thing that they can rely on, if nothing else, that was my goal. And I, I never expected to see it translate into everything it has. It's, it's been overwhelming, but in, in a really good way. And it's cool seeing the positive response. Did it get harder, would you say, than when brands actually wanted to work with you in a partnership perspective? Because, you know, you know, that whole like pay for play model that we were known for on Instagram, you know, is not what TikTok was really about in its early days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had, you know, deals presented to me from brands that I have, you know, criticized on my channel for, you know, huge amounts of money. And I, it's, of course, no one in that position that, you know, would feel comfortable. But for me, it's always been a thing to where it's, it's, I have to stick with, you know, the, the philosophy that I have. And my philosophy is also, you know, prone to development as well. Um, I definitely, while I believe in like, you know, um, talking about accessibility of products and talking about whether products are good or not for your skin, um, specifically brands too, as well, that by no means means that I would never give that brand a chance again, because what we've seen, especially in the past year, is so many brands developing newer formulas that are way better for sensitive skin, that are much more, you know, um, that have a philosophy that is very in line with what people are looking for in skincare now. And so we've seen such a shift in the industry that I think is really positive. And so by no means is it me, you know, saying cancel this brand, cancel that brand. I'm never giving that brand a chance again, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I've tried to show through my content as well. I think there have been moments where I've talked about products from brands that I, you know, have heavily criticized in the past and people are like, what? I thought you hated that brand. And I'm like, no, I'm always willing to give a brand a chance. Um, and I think it's cool to see the industry change in that way. But obviously when, when you are in a position of brands wanting to pay you, even though you don't agree with that philosophy, um, it's just for me, I just have to stick with what's right. And that's one of the main reasons I say the term ingredients don't lie because you know, not only do I think it's, you know, such a reflective statement of how you can better take control of your skincare routine, but it's, it's also setting a standard for myself that I know I will not be able to break because, um, uh, I know that like my followers are just as mindful of the ingredient list as I am. And say, if I were to like work with the company, um, or with a product that has an ingredient list that totally goes against my philosophy, I know that my audience will totally hold me accountable for that. And it's, it's great. It creates this really positive trusting dynamic, um, in the best way possible. And I think, uh, I think that's why it's been such a positive relationship. Hiram, did you ever think this was going to be a full-time job? And we actually haven't even gotten to, you know, you founding your own brand, but I mean, mm-hmm. this is 
this is a real job now, right? Oh yeah, absolutely not. I think that's what took me the most by surprise. I remember, you know, um, best case scenario when I first started my channel, I was like, maybe I'll make like a hundred bucks a month off of it or something like that, you know, uh, just some extra cash, uh, this will be fun. But, you know, I really, truly was doing it for the passion. And that's why I was uploading so much, even though I was making absolutely no money. <laughs> um, and I remember the moment I hit 100,000 followers. And that moment was more impactful than, to be honest, all the rest of the, the milestones, only because it was when I realized, like, this, this can become a career. Like, this is, this is not side income. It's not even necessarily just a, a job. It, it this could become a career. And as someone who has been through a lot of, you know, rough situations in the past and never really had, <laughs> I definitely do not come from money. And um, for the majority of the last, you know, few years of my life where it was very, very, very low income, barely struggling, you know, sorry, really struggling, barely getting by, um, that shift was such a huge moment for me. And, uh, and ever since then, I just consider it like, I just think I've, I'm just like the luckiest person in the world. I'm so grateful for it. And every single day I'm still in awe and in shock and don't take it for granted because it's just like, wow, you know, this is such a dream, dream for me. And not many people get to, you know, experience this. So it's really cool. You know, there's so many people out there today wanting to be influencers, skin influencers or makeup influencers yeah. or hair influencers. And, you know, not everybody is as successful as you are. I want to I ask, like, what advice would you give to someone out there who wants to be a mm. content creator today when everything is so saturated, it seems like? You know, people could have said that, you know, there are plenty of influencers. Why do we need skin influencers before you came along and then you created this whole other space? So what would you say to those people? You know, um, I would say two primary things. Um, the first being, um, there's, you know, this, this phrase in the content creation community that's very common where it's like, a, oh, if I can remember it, basically saying consistency is like key. You have to keep consistently uploading. I agree with that to the point until it comes to unique content. Um, you have to find how you're completely different than everyone else. You have to be completely unique, really show off your personality, the unique aspects of your personality in a way that no one else does. Because one of the things I see a lot with creators is that they'll mimic a lot of other people that they see in the industry. And that goes for all industries, you know? Um, and, and I see a lot of, you know, skincare content creators that are amazing, but sometimes they'll just be creating the exact same type of content that another creator is making, or they're just replicating the same exact style of content every time. And, you know, consistency only works if you're creating unique content, but uh, if you're just, you know, creating content for the sake of consistency, it's going to be a lot harder to grow. And that's, for me, I remember when I started because every single one of my comments when I first started my channel was like, why aren't you a makeup YouTuber? You need to do makeup. You should do makeup. Why aren't you doing makeup? And I was a makeup artist. And I was like, no, you know, because it's every, everyone's doing makeup. I got to find a way that, you know, I can offer something unique that's different and that's enjoyable to people. And I'd say the other thing is um, do not be very picky with your sponsorships very, very picky because uh, I've seen a lot of skin influencers who are very small, you know, like start to have sponsorship opportunities. So you don't need to grow very big in order to get them. Um, but I, I see the mistake of, you know, a lot of people taking sponsorships that, you know, don't align with their personal philosophy. And even for me, like uh, 
I, I, you know, when I was starting to grow, I was getting a good 40 sponsorship opportunities a day, you know, every single day. And just, and I was accepting maybe about 1% of them at most, <laughs> you know, just very, very, very few. Um, and I, I see, and I only accept the ones that fall in line exactly with my philosophy. And I just encourage that for other creators too, because it's such a slippery slope. And once, once you kind of like see the money there and you're actually in that position, it gets so tempting. But if you break your standards once, you're just going to continue to break them over and over and over again. So if you can keep your standards and that authenticity and be able to find that balance of working with brands while still maintaining that authenticity, that's the best thing you can do for your audience. So I'd say both of those things, if you can do both of those, I, I think you're well on the way to you know a, a great future. Hiram, tell us a little bit about the partners that you are working with from a brand collaboration point of view and like why you're excited about that. Yeah. So, you know, I actually only do like a one-off type um, deals. I, I rarely do like continued um, partnerships unless it's um, with the Inky list is honestly the only one where I've done a continued partnership with them. I, I like the structure of doing just single sponsorship deals um, because it's, you know, you're able to see how your audience responds to it. Um, you're able to see, you know, what the experience is like. You're not committing to anything like major, you know, that's definitely like my preferred route to go about it. Um, it rather than like a full long-term commitment type thing. Um, and just because I want to be able to have the freedom to kind of just post whatever I want, whenever I want, decide when I want to partner and everything. And it's funny because the only real partnership um, well, there's, there's been two. I did my collaboration kit with Kinship, uh, which that had a social element to help um, with uh, oceans and collecting trash in the oceans. It was a really cool kit. Uh, the team at Kinship is incredible. And, um, and then also the Inky List, which I did the Changemaker kit with them. Um, and then now, obviously, uh, the entire brand, uh, Selfless by Hiram. And it's been Honestly, the only reason that I decided to do like a deeper partnership with them is because of the values that they had. When I met Mark and Colette, founders of the Inky List, there was just this instantaneous connection of values, not just skincare philosophy, but seeing like, wow, you are a really good person, first of all, and you want to help the world and you want to make a difference in the world and you want to like, you know, solve problems and, uh, you know, empower people, you know, as I, even as I move forward with my, my content and what I'm going to, you know, continue to work on. It's, it's largely going to be surrounded around, you know, elements like that philanthropy, making a difference in the world, talking about important social issues. Um, just, you know, really using my, my platform in that way. Will you talk a little bit about that, Hiram? Because I remember reading, you know, you were on Twitter before and you decided like, you know, you wanted to step back from Twitter and give place for black influencers on Twitter to really mm -hmm. like shine. Yeah. And that was an opportunity for them. And, you know, not many influencers would do that. You know, they want to maximize all channels, you know, all capabilities at once. And it just seems like you are being, you know, there's, it seems like you're really taking the approach there's space for everyone and there's there's a a place for you to to shine and then there's a place for you know your fellow skin influencers or fellow content creators to shine. Oh, absolutely. I I think the 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 concept of competitiveness um that is so prevalent in the industry is so ridiculous because I I completely agree with you. I tell almost everyone in my life on a monthly basis like 
you should start a YouTube channel, like start making YouTube content. Like there's literally space for everyone. Everyone has something to contribute. And I think it's so beautiful. And that's why I think within the skincare community specifically, I've always felt so connected and like, it's such a positive community because I see all the unique things that everyone is offering. And even if it's people who have completely different skincare opinions from me, it's, it's cool because they're, they're speaking to their own audience and they're speaking to a different group of people. And we're all just, you know, making a positive difference. And, you know, even with, you know, different platforms like uh, Twitter, for example, you know, that was definitely an instance, I think, where it was just, you know, I think for me, it's a, I think it's sometimes important to like step back and learn like how you can grow and how you can like, um, you know, become more knowledgeable about like different issues, things like that. And more than anything, I think just preserving your mental health. Um, I am someone who loves, you know, learning and engaging like my entire TikTok for you page sometimes can get a little exhausting because it's just all like social issues and education and like so much information because I love consuming that type of content. But I, you know, if I, I don't necessarily need to be prevalent on a platform. And I think with, with Twitter, I was like, you know what, it's probably best for my mental health if I, you know, just don't really be on Twitter anymore because it's not really, you know, bringing me that source of joy and I can still, you know, learn from it without, you know, necessarily having to create content. And I think that's important for content creators too. Like if, if what you're doing is a source of like toxicity for your mental health, don't do it. <laughs> you know, that's, it's not helping. It's not helping you. It's not helping anyone else. It's, it's only going to hurt you in the long run. And, you know, back, back when I was in the middle of like growing on social media really fast, like there was no way you were going to tell me to prioritize my mental health because I was just like, no, I'm just going to keep working all the time. Go, 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 go. Now I've be- definitely gotten to a point more where I'm like, you know what? No, mental health is important. It's important to take a break. It's, in- it's important to know what you, you know, what you're able to handle and what you're not able to handle. And um, I think if content creators knew that too, um, there'd be a lot less of the pressure that everyone feels and the burnout and the exhaustion and the competitiveness and, you know, a lot of that, not, not that I'm saying that's largely representative of the community, because honestly, I've really only had positive interactions with like every creator, but I know that those things can be quite prevalent um, in the, the influencer industry and in the cosmetics industry. And I think it's just important to prioritize mental health. Tell me what your day-to-day looks like now before, like, you know, prior to becoming a brand founder and now that you are, you know, this new baby brand has like just come to market. So I'd say (laughs) I've only recently began taking care of my physical and mental health and getting enough sleep um, for ever since, you know, the end of, well, actually, no, really the beginning of 2019, um, even back when I was, you know, first on YouTube, I was working two jobs. So I was on my feet 65 hours a week and then doing YouTube on top of that, which is a good 40 hours a week on top of that. So I was just nonstop working. And then when you grow, uh, there's a huge demand for more. And I, for, I think it was from when I first started growing up, up for the first six months, I was doing everything on my own. So I was editing, I was handling all the press. I was, you know, uploading five to six times a week, which is absolutely swamped. So, you know, for the last year, it's, you know, (laughs) it's probably, I would average about two all-nighters a week, I'd say for the whole year of 2020. (laughs) But there was some moments where it was like four all-nighters a week, like really, really intense, nonstop coffee, just 
working, working, working. Now that 2021 is here, I've honestly started prioritizing my health a lot more. Um, not only do I have amazing people like Mark and Colette who are breathing down my neck saying, Hiram, get sleep. <laughs> you need to get sleep. Um, I've come to realize that my body can only handle so much and I don't want to get to the point to where I can't function anymore because I've just pushed my body to the absolute limits. Um, and so I'd say now it's a lot better and it's slowly getting better. I'm prioritizing sleep a lot more. Um, I, you know, have balance. Um, you know, I, I think just as important as work is, it's important to like have free time and have social time and, you know, get that relaxed time. So what I'm trying to do now, I'd say is like, I will work from, baby steps, you know, I'll work from like, say 9am until like, like 10pm, but I'll have like, like a two hour break or something like that, where I'm just like, Hey, for like two hours, I'm just gonna relax, you know, do something fun, get out, run an errand, go hang out with a friend for a little bit, get dinner with someone like something really relaxed. And then I can get back into work. And then on the weekends, like trying to have more free time beyond that. And then I'd say most importantly, I have, you know, like I said, been getting more sleep. Um, and maybe that sounds like a lot of work to some people, but trust me, that is like a million miles better than what it was before, which is just nonstop working all the time. So I'm actually very happy and I'm very proud of myself for how far I've come. That's awesome. That's, I mean, burnout's such a big thing, especially around, you know, young people and a, a, around creators. I mean, it's it's nonstop. But I have to ask, Hiram, like knowing yeah. all this, knowing how big your your how full your plate already was, like, how did the brand founder opportunity come to you, and why did you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, great question. So I actually um, wasn't sure if I wanted to create a skincare brand, and that was honestly something that a question that I was asked from the very beginning of my YouTube channel was, are you going to create a brand? When are you going to come out with a brand? And I really wasn't sure because I just didn't know if I could necessarily offer anything new and unique to the industry that hadn't been done before. But it wasn't until I realized that, oh, like if I were to create a skincare brand that also created social change and showed people like the importance of, you know, some of the most pressing issues facing our world and th these topics and showing people that they can make a difference in the world just by doing their skincare. That's something new and different and I haven't seen before. And I would love to contribute to the industry. And so I actually started creating the brand on my own um, for a good eight months before partnering with the Inculist. Uh, I was just developing it on my own. I, you know, had worked with chemists, started developing formulas, found packaging, was about to start placing orders. Like I was, I was ready, ready to go. Um, but honestly, I, I'm so glad it ended up going the way it did, not only in the terms of the, the way larger impact that will be made because of the partnership with the Inky List, but, you know, also just for my sanity and being able to, you know, handle everything. Cause I truly, I had my assistant and I, and we were just ready to face the world creating this brand and uh, it just would have been impossible. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's really where it started. Um, but the partnership, once the partnership became a thing, that's when it really ramped up because, you know, the Inky list, they're so incredible and they're so experienced within the industry. We're able to utilize their resources and their teams and their knowledge to be able to take the ideas and the philosophies that I had and really bring it to life on a much larger scale. So with that, Hiram, you know, I would love to bring Mark Curry and Colette Laxton, the co-founders of the Inky list, to kind of talk about the secret sauce and the secret brand that you guys have created and how you partnered. Hi, Mark. Hi, Colette. How are you? Hello, Priya. It's been 
far too long. How are you? So, so long. I feel like we were like talking and drinking wine over Zoom in the early days of the pandemic. How are you? We are very, very good and feeling very odd that we can actually at last talk about yes! this. <laughs> so Hiram just told us that, you know, this has been something that he had been working on separately and then, you know, got you guys came together and, you know, put your great minds together. So how did this kind of happen? Like, when did you know that he was interested in starting a brand? And when did you know that this is something that you wanted to kind of help accelerate? It's like the ultimate dating story, right? Like, how did we know he was interested? Uh, <laughs> do you know what, Priya? It was super organic. Um, so we'd always loved everything that Hiram stood for. So as people that stand for transparency and education within skincare, we just always loved everything that Hiram was about. Um, and we had a call, like, just over a year ago, uh, in fact, it's way over a year ago now, that feels like yesterday, with Hiram where we talked about like, we just love everything that you do. Could we do something together? You know, we were thinking IG live territory, you know, could we do something cool in the education space? Um, and we just vibed immediately, didn't we, Hiram? I remember we had to cancel, we had to cancel some calls because it went on for about two hours and we were just, yes. we weren't even talking about the industry to be blunt. We were talking yeah. about, backgrounds and maybe what we want to do and and what that could and couldn't look like in the future and and then we kind of left it hanging and said cool let's do something soon we had no idea what it was going to be and then I think um we did a few things we did a few lives and we said hello and and then um Hiram was organically doing his own thing and um I think his team got in touch with our team we didn't even know and we just thought oh great it's this collaboration that we can hopefully do and I remember Ellie, bless her, who actually was the person that spotted Hiram when he had less than 20,000 followers. Yeah, so she was our, our head of brand and she was, she was obsessed with Hiram from, from the early days. And she was like, guys, I think they want to do something big here. Uh, Mark, can, I, can, you just, can you just jump on the phone? Because we, we think like, there's something, something cute. We were like, calm down, calm down. Right, like, let's have it. And he was like, right, we need to just think of a concept. But he wants, he's doing his own branding and wants to do it. And we're like, whoa, okay. So... We, we, we generally still, A, weren't planning to do a brand um, this soon. We have I mean, got we more than enough We were pretty one. busy with Inky Priya. We were like, thought we were set. Um, yeah. And, but... and, and B, we just went, right, we'll do a one-pager. We'll do it something that we could be proud of. We'll have energy behind and something that we truly believe could be enduring and something that could be of value to the people on the planet for, for years to come. And um, put it on a page that weekend and didn't even think about it because we just thought, ah, you know, there's some pretty big boys swimming around him. They'll probably do something. It's fine. And uh, and we were surprised that we got the call. We, we genuinely just went, oh, okay, if it comes to something amazing. And then we got the call and then went, holy, we got to make this happen. <laughs> um, and that was it. So Hiram, what made you like partner with Mark and Colette? Yeah, no, great question. I mean, he, he was right. Um, I did have a, a, a good amount of options available to me in terms of partnering with someone for a, a bigger brand launch. But to be honest, it, I wasn't directly interested in it because I just didn't know if any of the companies necessarily had the values that I was looking for in a brand, because given that social change was at the forefront of everything that this brand is supposed to do, and given that, you know, for a lot of bigger brands, uh, social responsibility is, uh, is 
something swept to the side. Oftentimes I didn't want that to become the reality. And um, I didn't want, you know, the purpose and um, entire philosophy of the brand to be, you know, swept away by corporate semantics. So I really wasn't sure. And it wasn't until I was talking to my team and they asked me, like, if you could partner with any company in the world, like anyone, you had anyone at your, you know, your fingertips, who would you partner with? And the only company that could come to mind was the Inky List. And it was because not only of the shared philosophy and obvious, you know, um, love for the products that I had and, um, you know, everything that the brand stood for, but also, you know, the values that Mark and Colette presented. And it was funny, actually, when they had first, because I, the team, my team had originally reached out thinking like, okay, maybe we can do like a product collaboration, like one product or something like that, make it, make it cool. And um, I hadn't at that point told them anything that I was working on in terms of my crafting of the selfless philosophy, um, which I was really sticking to. I hadn't told them about anything. My team was like, you know, have this meeting with marketing class, see what you think. You know, we really think this could be cool. And when I had a conversation and when we had the call with them, Mark and Colette, it, basically came charging out of the gate saying, you know, we think we could do something that's so big, that's focused on social change, that changes the world, that helps the skincare industry. And I'm just sitting there thinking, they have no idea that that's exactly what I've been working on. And to me, that was the biggest sign that this was just, you know, a perfect match, um, that these were the perfect people to partner with. And uh, from then on, uh, it, everything just kind of really fell into place. It was also one of those situations where, timing was everything you know it was just the perfect time perfect place perfect people and it just all you know came into alignment tell me a little bit about this concept of like social change and obviously the name like selfless by Hiram I mean kind of says it all but like it seems to be a little bit different than obviously what the inky list has done and then even what other brands out there in the space who propose social good or propose clean beauty you know do in their brands yeah yeah I mean the uh, one, we've always, you know, said, I think I said this before as well, um, that, you know, the primary intent is social change. I think for me, what inspired me to start a skincare brand was not the skincare in and of itself, although be it, I love skincare and ingredients and all of that. It's my passion. What inspired me to start it was realizing that what if, you know, there were to be a social change, you know, impact generated with every single purchase? What if, you know, this brand was to be so forward facing, with the social impact it generates that every single consumer at point of purchase were to know this is the difference I'm making in the world. That's, I think, what I wanted more than anything. And skincare happened to be, you know, the, the catalyst for, for that to happen. And I think you're right. It is very different from like everything in the industry. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, um, there's so many skincare products out there. If you want the strongest, most powerful product or the most gentle, affordable products, like you, you can find those things. We really made this for people who want to be a part of a movement. Um, Gen Z who, you know, feel like even just as teenagers, they want to make a bigger impact in the world or, you know, people at every stage of their life where they, they just want to, you know, leave an impact on something bigger than them. That's really the people that we created this for. Um, but that really was my philosophy when coming into it. Mark and Colette, I'd be curious to hear yours because it kind of meshed together. Yeah, I think that meeting, your first word when you explain the idea, the reason why I get up every day to do it is the person, Hiram, and the purpose of, of social change and, and making a difference. And when 
every party is so aligned behind why is this thing going to exist? Every decision point that flows out from there is pretty easy, actually. It's pretty easy to make the decision. It's bloody hard work to make it happen and bring it to life. But when when everything is so razor sharp aligned and you are all intent on being maniacal about it, and the, I think the phrase that we use around it is, what's the what's the selfless choice that we need to make here whether it's raw material whether it's base whether it's primary secondary tertiary pack whether it's front of store um warehouse packaging everything everything and i think priya for us we had the same kind of um process that we did through the inky list so when we started the inky list it was knowledge we want to be the brand that stands for knowledge. And we believe that better information drives better decisions. And everything we do in the Inky list is driven through knowledge. And once you decide on that thing, yeah, the rest is easy. And I think the social change piece for us is like, the, the skincare is phenomenal, by the way. And, and we were in the kitchen with Sephora creating it and it was fantastic. And the products are incredible but it's just the vehicle for the social change and making that at the forefront of every single decision we we made and will continue to make in the future is what excites us because why why would we partner to do the same thing we've already done you know we've absolutely you know carved our role in skincare with the inculist and partnering with Hiram we want to push the boundaries we want to push the industry forward and do some things that feel maybe uncomfortable because we are really, really trying to push those boundaries. So I think it's exciting, but it's also, you know, it's a pretty scary process when you're the first trying to do this. And, and I think it's the, it's the start. This is the start. And I think what you're going to see over time and how it evolves and how selfless can collaborate in very different ways and, and change the thinking, not just of the, the supply chain that we're interacting with, but with other partners that you'll see shortly on on how they could support an ecosystem of selflessness, I think will will start to pull us apart even further because it's that focused that you know that's the thing that we'll endure. And whether it's got a skincare badge on or a cosmetics badge or a clothing badge or whatever badge, actually the core stays true. Hiram, what's it like for you now? I mean, this is a global Sephora launch. You know, I think it's over 660 doors. All the products are under $30, which I think is kind of like, you know, a different proposition for Sephora. And they're really going after, I mean, I would say Gen Z with you and Mark and Colette. So how does that feel? Oh, it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's I don't know if it will fully feel real in time actually in stores and seeing it. I think, you know, Sephora support has been absolutely incredible and something that I think, you know, was the most surprising to me. I knew the values. I knew the, the ambition of Mark and Colette. Um, I think what really, you know, surprised me was how on board Sephora was with this and such a huge part of why this brand has been able to be built the way 
it has been and how much has happened and how thorough it's been, has been through, you know, Sephora's support and the fact that it's going to be available all over the world. I mean, first and foremost, it makes me so happy because it means that as many of my subscribers as possible who are in my comment section every day saying they don't have any of the products that you recommend in my country. I don't know where to get these, you know, um, that as many of them as possible now have access to like really good quality skincare. That's what makes me the most happy. I hope that, you know, this shows other, other people and other companies, you know, what's possible that, you know, when social change is at the forefront of what you do, how, how people can come together to make that happen. Um, you know, and I think both, both the Inky list and I are also examples of like, you know, setting your mind, something, believing in something and really committing to it can just create such beautiful realities like um the fact that you know the inky list literally like essentially from launch <laughs> just blew up at sephora and became one of the most demanded you know skincare brands um and you know even with me just a, a little skincare youtuber you know uh now having this you know incredible opportunity i think it's amazing and it's it's definitely not something that fell into our laps and uh mark and colette can attest to the sheer workload um that is, is involved, but I think it's, it's just a testament to the power that we as a collective can have when everyone is aligned on the same philosophy. Tell me if this is a little scary at all, because I have to say that, you know, the social change element, like I'm dying for brands that, you know, proclaim that more, but whenever you see <laughs> anything around like sustainability or racial justice or anything, it's like five years in advance. It's like, here's some statement we're making. And then we're going to do this like in a couple of years, whereas this <laughs> is coming out right out of the gate saying like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're contributing. This is what, what these, what these dollars go to. I mean, it almost like it really raises the bar. Is that terrifying? It's scary. Absolutely. We are ricking it. Yeah. And, and you know what, Priya, you know, we set ourselves to a every six months, we're going to go out with a report, a, a very kind of formal report saying exactly what we've done, exactly what we've raised, exactly where that money's going. And, and we are going to hold ourselves to account. Um, that transparency piece is very very important to us and and the the consumer that we're going for like you know what they expect it it's not a nice to have you know we have to be that bold we have to be that clear with them not you know if it goes well you know we might do this thing you know this is like if they're buying this and they're buying into this brand they want to know that they're making that impact so yeah it's really scary of course really scary but this is why we this is why we're here and i think nothing nothing changes with mediocrity i think i think you have to be bold in order to enact something that has meaningful change and maybe this is the start of it it's certainly the start for us and and that's why kind of the reason the the the, the terminology we're using is the standard in that it doesn't stand still mm-hmm. You know, everything is way more complex than you can say in a tweet or in a post or in a what have you um, to explain the complexity behind it. But it will evolve. It will develop. It will have some challenges. But you know what? We are committing to fronting those challenges with the consumer because that's what we believe the consumer is looking for right now. How did you guys decide, I guess, you know, that, you know, the rainforest, clean water, like that these were going to be your priorities in in this first iteration of the brand? Honestly, it was based off of what we identified as the most pressing issues facing the world right now, um, which were primarily climate and um, 
and lack of access to clean drinking water or health health equality. And for me, I just wanted to make sure that as we launched this brand, we started with two of the pillars, you know, um, that were able to be the most impactful. So even when, you know, we have decided that, okay, climate impact was going to be one of the primary things that we focused on. What within that space is the most impactful in the world? Is it, you know, collecting trash from the ocean? Is it protecting animal species? Is it reforestation efforts? You know, what is it? And uh, through our research and, you know, being able to learn what would be the most impactful, that's where we came upon, you know, protecting forests from deforestation in the first place, you know, um, to be able to ensure those carbon removal efforts, you know, animal plant species protections, indigenous group protections um, are, you know, you know, properly taken care of. And the same exact thing with um, Thirst Project and the water project we're doing. Um, I think one thing that was so important for me too was that forwardness of the direct and measurable social impact from the point of purchase. Because uh, to me, and this is one thing that I was very adamant on from the very beginning of the brand, and thankfully, um, thank you, this is very patient with me, but I was just like, we need to make sure that there is a direct measurable impact every time they purchase the product. So that way it's not a, oh, this percentage or, oh, this much money has been donated or, oh, like, you know, whatever it may be, but rather that they know one person has been provided with clean drinking water for a year because I'm purchasing this product right now. Forests are being protected from deforestation because I'm purchasing this product. So um, honestly, that was really the primary reasoning. And as we grow and expand, you know, we'll be adopting more, more pillars and more, more partners and be creating even more change. But kind of like, you know, what Mark and Kyle were speaking to before, uh, leading with this is, is bold to say the least. Last question for both of you guys. I mean, well, I guess for all three of you guys, I'm forgetting that Mark and Colette are not one person. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm wondering, you know, this seems very different from the influencer brands that we've seen of your or even the ones that we've seen in the last year. You know, other TikTok stars who've come to market like Addison Ray or the D'Amelio sisters, you know, do you consider this to be an influencer brand? No, there is somebody that, connects with an audience that can help drive a movement and that person is hiring i i would have to say no um the the reason i say no is because from the beginning of developing the brand together with mark and colette we essentially had a, a promise where we were all founders that we were all going to be developed in every single element of building the brand. And I, I wanted Mark and Colette, you know, um, to have me involved in all the good and all the bad, but the moments where we are celebrating and everything down to, you know, all the individual elements of packaging, choosing which specific ingredients to source, which ones have the best sustainability story, you know, what we're going to do, recyclability, you know, compatibility, different things like that. Like I wanted to be involved in all the good and all the bad. And, you know, of course, as a, as a creator, I have the opportunity to, if I wanted, um, partner with a company, sign off, do some photo shoots and, you know, boom, I, I, I'm, set, you know, <laughs> like I'm good. Uh, but that's not what I wanted out of this. I really wanted to be involved in every single element because the social change, the, you know, knowledge of skincare and ingredients, the ability to empower my audience and to give my following and just the world something that has been so carefully and 
um, specifically curated to make the biggest impact possible. That meant more to me than anything. And I'm so lucky. This is where I consider myself so fortunate to be a part of, you know, this team with Mark and Colette, where they as partners could have easily said, no, 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 we'll do, we want to do it all. You just, you know, you'd be the face of it. Um, it. It could have been that route too, but it hasn't been. I've been able to be involved in every element. And I'm so grateful for that. Thank you guys so much for being here. Hiram, it was so lovely seeing you and Mark and Colette, you know, we're big fans of you always. So it's so great to kind of be together in real life and we'll be <laughs> doing this again soon. Thanks again. Thank Bye. you so much. Really appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. See you next week.